Welcome back to season two of Backpoints. I bet you thought we were never coming back, but we're here today with some great episodes that we're releasing all at once. The night before the 2022 State Wrestling Tournament, where four of my wrestlers will be competing tomorrow. Next up on Backpoints is Tass Robertson, who was a state champion himself at Grundy and is now one of the coaches for Grundy's legendary wrestling team. Coach Robertson opens up about what makes the Grundy wrestling program special and what makes it successful. Backpoints is sponsored by Buddy Lee Jump Ropes, so go out and get some jump ropes, and that goes double if you're a Virginia wrestler because, as we all know, Buddy Lee was not only an Olympian and an inventor, he was also a Virginia State wrestling champion. Now let's hear from Tass Robertson. He taught me to get up when I didn't want to get up, when I wanted to quit. I had high goals, man. I've always had high goals. And so when I won it, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys are right. It's not the thrill of winning. It's the joy of having that personal goal and being able to achieve that and walk off the mat with your head held high and with your hand up. That just fueled my fire. And I was in every state championship match from there on until I graduated. That was when I really started doing the kind of wrestling that I was capable of. Anybody that steps in the ring and just decides to commit the entire time is a state champion in my in my book. We were hit with what they called that year in New York, the storm of the century. And they made an announcement at the tournament that night. You know, on the yeah. on the second day, going into the third day, said, "Don't worry about getting out of here, folks. You're just fine. That it's going to miss us." <laughs> the The next morning, I woke up, and this is the first time this has happened to me. To no power in the hotel. Wow. Yeah, I've never and had that happen. And I contacted the tournament director, and he said, "The island is shut down. They can't get off. So everybody will be at the wrestling tournament." <laughs> so. We wrestled all day, and yeah. by the time that they worked the roads, it was okay to leave. So, <laughs> I mean, it, but you know, I mean, it's as as life moves on, you start to realize that how kind of extreme and crazy that that whole scenario was. Yeah, yeah, but you, but, you know, it, it, I think a lot of it, and and Willie, it it, it kind of goes back to our program, you know. Uh, We've been very successful. I mean, I don't, I don't want to ever trivialize the on the mat success that these kids has had. I mean, we've had, you know, twenty four state team titles that that sets the the bar in Virginia. But really, what we're about is getting these kids from Buchanan County to get out and to see the world and to become better people and to use the sport of wrestling as a tool to grow them into better people. And I mean, all of us, you know, as we're young, we're a little immature, we're a little bit more rambunctious than we, we are as we get older. And we start to, you know, we need a little bit of guidance, but the sport of wrestling had, does something that I don't think any other sport really does is it has a humbling ability that no matter, and this has always been our kind of, our philosophy is 
it don't matter how good you are. I'll take you all over the country. I'll find somebody that can beat you. And that's kind of been our philosophy, but it's also the philosophy with wrestling in general, you know, that it's, there's always a bigger, a bigger bull, you know, uh, or, you know, quote Yellowstone, there's always a bigger bear, you know, and we go, we go looking for that bear. And because we know until we get a hold of that bear, you're just a small, you're just a big fish in a small pond, you know, and it, it's kind of like this weekend and getting to go out to the Virginia Dolls. It's, that's our proving ground. You know, it's like we recognize that we're David versus Goliath. And most of our, our fans know exactly what we're going up against when we go out there. Uh, everybody has a home field advantage. And the beach schools have a home field advantage. Yeah. Now, when you come to Grundy, we have a home field advantage. I mean, it's the, it, it, I think it comes with the clout. And, you know, I mean, it was like we wrestled Great Ridge and you have Stevie Martin in one corner that's a, a Hall of Fame wrestling coach that is, is coached Division One, And, you got Travis Pfizer in the other corner. That's another Hall of Fame wrestling coach. And he's been coaching Grundy for 25 years. And I mean, that is, that's the atmosphere that you, you really want, you know, I mean, that, that's where, that's where you prove yourself against people. And I mean, and getting back to my original concept here is, you don't, we don't want these kids to go through undefeated wrestling, small school kids only have a certain level of competition. And then whenever they finish their career, they're paper champions. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, they've never been tested and you didn't really grow in, you know, that you're still the same person and you may actually be a little bit more egotistical than what you was before. But now whenever you're able to, to grow and go and compete against some of these tougher people, whenever, when you get beaten in a one-on-one -on -one competition, I mean, it can be very humbling. And if, if your ego's out of check, it brings you right back to where you need to be. It sure does. And, and I think that's, that's our sport in general. And I mean, okay. I, I think that's why, you know, you always hear people talk about, you know, if I'm good, somebody will tell me that I'm good. I don't have to go tell people that I'm good. And, you know, and that that's wrestlers in general. It's the, if you know a wrestler that brags about how good he is, he's probably not that good. <laughs> it's the guy you have to get him in, in the corner and nail him down and be like, now exactly, tell me where did you finish on the Olympic ladder? You know, I mean, that's, it's yeah. the, I know that you were really good. Now don't, yeah. you know, don't give that's me right. this. I don't want the answer of, well, I was okay. Yeah. It's like, give me your credentials. But, but no, I mean that, and that, that's it. I mean, it's wrestlers, you know, as a parent, I want my son to wrestle. And, more than anything because of who it's going to make him when he's done wrestling. 
I mean, I would love to have a, a very successful child and follow him and, you know, go sure. to the NCAAs and, you know, watch him be yeah. Kel Sanderson. You know, I mean, that would be every parent's dream. But on the same end, my big concern is when he finishes. Yeah. You know, I mean, at, at some point, the sport's over and it's over for all of us. And when you finish that sport, what then? You know, what yeah. did you get from the sport that you wasn't getting somewhere else? And how are you going to use that for your life success? Yeah. And, you know, it's like with our guys, we talk about it a lot about overcoming obstacles. You know, mm -hmm. it's the, you may have a, a, a financial obstacle. You may have a social obstacle. You may, you may just have a, a, a tough family life that you come from that you you're being judged on who your parents are and but it's when you get out into life you're on your own and it's going to be whatever skills you have going into that is what's going to get you through the hard times and i mean it's i'll tell the kids sometimes it's like life's a lot easier than they make you know if you yeah. only make the good choices Life can be a lot simpler, but you know, the truth is, is sometimes life's a bitch and it's like, there's things out there that's going to kick you and it's, there's divorce out there that's going to get you. There's loss of jobs. There's income changes. There's, yeah, I mean, there's COVID, you know, I mean, yeah. there's, there's all these unexpected things that you never knew was going to hit you whenever they're going to hit you. And, and it's just like with wrestling. It's like, okay, we were that close to beating Great Ridge. Now, do we sit back on our laurels and say, okay, that was a good showing that we did. We went out there, we put on a good show, and now we, we're just going to coast out the rest of the year. No, that ain't going to be it. What it's going to be is, guess what? We got out there against some good people. The people that we have hadn't really been tested the way that they, they were out there. And now we can adjust and get better. You know, before we wasn't getting better, we were just beating people. And when you get into life, it's kind of that same type thing. It's like, okay, how did you handle it? You just got beat. You know, whether it goes back to the same thing I was saying, whether it was a divorce, whether it was financial change, whether it's social problems. I mean, whatever you want to say, it's like whatever that obstacle that arose was that just kicked you. I mean, a, a loss of a loved one. I mean, I lost my dad last year and I mean, I'm still fighting to get over. Yeah. And it's, but you don't lay down. You don't stay down whenever you've been hit. It's you get back up and you go try to fix the problem. It's like, what do you got to do to move on from there to be better from there and to grow from there? I mean, and it's what we're really happy with, you know, People, people know us for our wrestling success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's great to, to do things on the mat. I mean, that's our avenue to life success. But for us, the thing that's really most impressive about our program, we've got a 92% high school graduation rate. Mm -hmm. Or uh, what? We've got a 100% high school graduation rate. We have a 92% college graduation rate. And, and I, let me 
I call that a higher education, right? Because the way I look at this as president of the wrestling club is these kids are going out and it's like I'm saying, it's like, what's their life success? What are they going to do later? You know, I think, and the last time I'd looked this up, it's national average on a, on a graduating high school, somewhere around 56%. I mean, so it's, something's going on that's motivating them to do more than what the national average is. Right. But even on the other end, and this is what I'm really proud of with that higher education rate, is that's not just kids that went to college. That's kids that did more than just a high school education. And it's the, if they're going to go get certified to, to work underground and make $100,000 a year as a coal miner, that tickles me to death. I mean, that's a success. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And, and it's, they can provide for their family. They can take care of, their, of everybody. And they'll have a really good life from that. I mean, if they go into the military and they got stuff from the service and they continue to grow, I mean, it's, they're, they're not satisfied. And this is really where I'm going with is they're not satisfied with the status quo. They want to be at least a little bit better than everybody else. You know, that they want to push their self past whatever that mediocre limit is and get into a higher level. And, and it, it's kind of like I tell the kids in some of our talks before practices, it's, it's like, kind of like one of those lines on the map. And you walk up to that line on the map, and that line on the map represents the, where everybody works to. Everybody in the world will push up to a certain spot, and then they quit. It's like, that's, that's where it got hard. And I mean, we can, it's, it's, on, it's honest. It's like the first time that it gets hard, you just lost 50% of the people out there because it got hard. So you're better than 50% just by working hard and getting past it. Okay. So then you get up and then you see that next line come. And you've been working and you're trying to get to that next line because you know, if you get to that next line, you're in the top 25%. You know, you've really done something there, but you know what? When you get almost to that line, it got harder again. And it got harder to where some of those people that thought they were better than the 50s, like, I ain't pushing for that. That's too hard. I'm not going, I'm not willing to push myself to that extreme. And then they get there, and if you will, and you'll push past that spot, then you're there. You're in the top 25% of the freaking country just on hard work and effort and showing up and coming back and doing it again. Because you know what you didn't do? You didn't quit. You didn't quit when it got hard and you pushed past it. And that's the secret to success in life. Like that's not wrestling. That's not anything else. Yeah. That's life. And that's what we got to get it get across to them and it's the and honestly it's that's what they do it's the i've told our kids and this will sound kind of crazy but you'll get where i'm at that we've got a coach that wrestled for dan gay mm -hmm. we know what hard work is we probably understand hard work better than i will say most i won't say anybody else in the country we live in an area that has very steep mountains. 
we have a road that we run on that used to be a haul road that was paved over that's actually steeper than the legal grade in the state of Virginia. Mm. We run through the mountains. Coach Pfizer will load dumbbells up in the back of his truck, drive out to this, that place that I'm talking about, having them running sprints up and down this 9% grade and and they're carrying dumbbells with them. And I'm sitting, he's telling me what he's gonna do to them. And I'm thinking, you're crazy. It's like, I wouldn't do that. And but but it's like I tell those kids, I could list out everything that we do item by item, every move in practice, every single thing that we did. And I could post it on Facebook, I could post it. You know, social media, everybody in the world, hello world, this is what Grandy does. And they wouldn't do it. It's They're not willing to get up and, and run four days a week at six o'clock in the morning. They're not willing to train like a college team for the success that they're going to be getting. And it's not so much, you know, it's not that the coaches don't know how to do it or the kids don't yep. want to do it. You'll have some kids that are motivated, but it's to have everybody come together like that. And, and it's like the white chalice has said to us, you know, he comes into our camp every year and he's like, you know, you guys have something here in Grundy that they don't have rest anywhere else in the country. And, you know, we kind of laugh and it's like, it's the way we talk, isn't it? And he's like, well, that, that too. He said, but <coughs> you all aren't a wrestling team. Everybody else is wrestling teams. They're coaches and they're wrestlers and they're trying to put a team together and they're going to go see how good they are. It's you all are a family. And you care about every kid on the team, not just the starters and not just the first round of backups. It's the, every kid on that team, you have, you're personally invested in, you really want to see them succeed. You will put yourself in, in a compromising situation to see them have success, just like their parents would, just like their grandparents would. That, I mean, we care on a level that it's it's just different. I mean, my dad was one of the founders of the club. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he said, Tass, he said, because I got to talking to him one day. I was like, hey, let's let's work on cutting costs. You know, I I'm young, mm -hmm. I can I can do math. And I can probably cut costs as easy as a, a, with an ink pen. I'll just start marking things out. And he looks at me and he says, son, you just don't understand. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, let me tell you about when I was growing up. He said, I was a good basketball player. He said, I grew up on the edge of the depression. He said, moved from Florida to Kentucky had never played basketball before and developed into the good basketball player. He worked hard. He checked the book out of the library called how to play basketball by Joe Naismith. Mm -hmm. And, and he followed it 
from there. He said that as he got better, a basketball coach came to him and says, Red, I want you to come get on this travel team with us. We're, we're moving, we're going around and we're playing these local teams in the area. You know, and it, it's kind of like travel ball now, but you're talking about in the 50s. And said, we really need you. And he said, well, that's great now, but we don't have no money. And I can't be going on these trips and doing all this stuff you're talking about every day and getting fed out of a restaurant. It's the, they, they feed me at the house. It's like that. We're, we're on a tight budget. And the coach says, oh, don't worry about that. He said, you just come with me. And anytime you need something, you just come tell me. He said, and I'll buy it for you. And dad said that he, he took him up on that. And he said, but you know, son, he said, there's nothing in the world worse than being the only kid on the team that has to go ask the coach to help you with the money. Mm. And you feel like you're using him. And everybody's around is looking at you funny. And it's just a terrible place to be. And he said, when we get this club going, he said, I don't want anybody judged on their economic situation. And I don't want them judged on who their daddy is. And I'll be honest with you. My older brother, he started as a freshman. He didn't start his sophomore or junior year and was undefeated state champion as a senior. Myself, I didn't start until I was a junior and I started on two nationally ranked teams. My younger brother, he didn't start his freshman year and he was a three-time state champion and finished number five in the country his senior year. But the gist of things was, and I'd, I'd heard people tell me that dad had said, and if I find out that any of you are treating my kids any different than everybody else, you're all gonna be fired. And that's a lot of the problem today, you know, and you know, with wrestling and God bless us, it's, it's a daddy oriented sport. And I think that's kind of part of the, the reason that We've continued to have the success that we have. And most programs that you see have four years of success is you have one set of parents that cares. And once their kids are done, they're done. And with us, I mean, it's, it's kind of like I, I talked to dad and, you know, I, I became the president of the wrestling club in around, around 2002. And to tell you where things were in the state of Virginia, uh, Great Bridge had just one state in AAA, and they had seven PWA wrestlers who had transferred into their team. Christiansburg had just won the AA division that we were in, and 13 of the 14 wrestlers on their team had transferred into Christiansburg. And the one kid that was originally from Christiansburg was a four-time state champion. So, it, you know, it, he kind of held his own too. 
So after that state tournament, I went in and I sat down with dad. And I said, dad, I want to talk to you about something. He said, what's that? And I said, well, there's no way that we can win state year in and year out the way that we were in the 80s and 90s. Whenever they're recruiting all these wrestlers in here and, you know, they've got that New, New Jersey pipeline and it's going to be hard to beat them. And the only way that you can beat that is to beat them at their own game. And we've got some apartments up next to the wrestling gym. I live in one of them. There's six open. And from what I've been able to find from all of these other coaches, what you do is you get your parents to sign guardianship over to the assistant coach. You put them in an apartment somewhere and we'll coach them all year. And that'll be the thing. And dad looks at me. He was doing a crossword puzzle and he sets up in his seat, pulls his glasses down to the end of his nose and lays his crossword puzzle down. He says, son, you don't know why we're doing this, do you? And I knew I was in for it. And I said, no, why? And he said, we're doing this to provide an opportunity to succeed to the children of Buchanan County. He said, I didn't say anything about no state titles. He said, and I sure as hell didn't say anything about winning or about recruiting any wrestlers. He said, and the only reason, the only reason to do what you're talking about, well, is to stroke a coach's ego. And when they put him in the Virginia chapter of the Hall of Fame, he asked me to go talk for him. He started having some health issues and he's like, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have the six hour ride to Richmond in me. So whenever I spoke for him, I quoted him. I said, you know, I was like, look, there's a lot of things I could say up here, but it'd just be me. So let me tell you about that. And whenever I finished, I said, and folks, if you want to know what this is really all about, we brought a band load of wrestlers and guys stand up in the back of the room. You guys are what this sport's about. Give them a round of applause. And, and that, you know, that was it. But what we try to do, I mean, each year it's the same system, you know, I mean, When's wrestling season start? You know, Saturday night after the state finals, what do you mean? Right. You know, and and now they have some, and I'd almost put this in quotations, they have some time off, you know, whenever they're running track and lifting and doing a hundred other things that just happens to be not that time at the time. <laughs> but but it goes back to the same thing. I mean, our wrestling club might as well be the, the boys club. I mean, it's the, I, I'd had a, 
you know, a conversation with, you know, some of the rep, the football coaches we've had in the past. That they're like, hey, uh, I don't want you to let those wrestlers come up there and work out during football season. And I'd laugh. And they're like, what do you, what, what do you think is so funny? It's like it's, it's hurting them whenever they get out here and they try to play. And I'd laugh even harder. And they'd say, what is it? And I said, you don't understand what's going on. I said, they come to the wrestling gym on that Thursday after the walkthrough. And I, I guess, you know, everybody's got to know the, the football schedule. You know, it's the, you had the walkthrough on Thursday. It's, a, you know, it's 30, 45 minutes. And nobody really did anything. And then you're done. It's like, hey, it's the day off. And then you play the next day. Well, they leave football practice. And it's like, hey, let's go to the wrestling gym, see what everybody's doing. So they come up to the wrestling gym and they come in and the guys that are lifting are lifting. That, that wasn't playing football. And coach may be in the other room wrestling somebody. And they come in and they see me and we sit down and we talk for a minute. They go in, they check their weight. They walk into the wrestling room, they talk to coach, and then they leave because we're family. You know, it's all part of that. They're just checking in. They're just seeing what everybody was up to. I mean, it's the, it wasn't that we had to go pull them out of the hall and ask them to come up and visit with us, you know, but, and, but on the same end, whenever they're, they're done with their careers, they're coming back in and they're telling us and they're bringing us along and they're like, Hey, let me show you my family. I mean, I got a message one day on Facebook just tickled me to death is one of my wrestlers telling me about how he got his credit score up and it's a kid that been in a, a from a tough home life and it's the hey you don't you won't believe this he's like I've got a house and I've got a car and I've got my credit score score up and I've got my job and I've got my shit together and it's like and I'm and I'm making something out of myself and I mean there's nothing in the world makes you any happier it's like awesome. I've had my eye on that boy and I was tickled to death to see him do that and and it's the I mean, we've had guys come through that's great successes. I mean, we had a, a, a kid that he's a Navy SEAL. I mean, it's, and on the same end, when he graduated from SEAL training, he says, Coach Pfizer, will you come out to my graduation in, mm -hmm. in California and watch me graduate from SEAL training? And Coach told me, he said, yeah, he said, I got out there. He said, I, I was tickled. He said, tear to come to his eyes and everything. He said, said about that time, he looks over and there's Jay Robinson. And he says, Jay, what are you doing here? And Jay laughed and he said, well, they've been talking to me. And this is another thing that I found very interesting is he said, the SEALs have been studying the people who complete SEAL training. Because, you know, SEAL training is very difficult. And, and it's, a, it's a real mental grind on them that, just to be honest with you, most people aren't ready for and they, they just can't take it. I mean, uh, when somebody tells you there's a bell right there, 
and all you have to do is ring it, and you don't have to deal with the tor constant torture that you're going through. Most people will ring the bell. And Jay said what they had found was that of their graduates, they were having a 90% success rate with former wrestlers. That they didn't know what it was. They're like, there's just something about those wrestlers that they'll take the grind. They will, they, they will take whatever punishment it takes to get through to the other side to come out with the success that they want. And, and it's, you know, they told us one story on the, I'm not going to use the guy's name because I don't, you know, I don't know how this stuff works, you know, but he, he told one story about being in training and the, they told him, they said, you jump in the pool on this end and you swim underwater till you get to the other end. He was a terrible swimmer. It's like whenever, <laughs> kind of laugh, it's like, so he decided to be a seal and he's a terrible swimmer. When he start, when he made the decision he was going to be a seal, he couldn't swim. And so they said, he said they push him in the water. He said he started trying to swim to the other end and he said he couldn't make it. He said that he was almost to the other end and he passed out unconscious underwater because he wouldn't come up. And they pulled him out and they're like, this is what we're talking about. It's like, if you want to, you want to be good at what we're doing, you have to follow orders. It's the, there's going to be times that if we tell you to, to go underwater and not to come up, that if you came up, we're all dead. And if it, it's the, and, but that's the type of stuff that, that wrestlers have that the rest of the world don't get. I mean, it's when you're playing team sports and I, and I still, I consider wrestling a team sport too, but it's the, the individual in this sport is what makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's, it's why we don't have the people running their jaw all the time about, you know, I don't think anybody has ever heard Kel Sanderson say what a good wrestler he was and how that everybody should just bow down to him. Mm -hmm. And it's the, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it don't happen. And he's probably still sitting around saying, well, there was this one time when I got beat and, and it, it really bothers me. I can't sleep mm -hmm. at night. Because whenever I was a, a red shirt in college, that all American from Iowa got me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you just, it's your first year out of high school, man. But but you know what I'm saying. And it's the that's and but that's why they're successful at that level. Is it's that's why they're successful with the seals. And I mean, it's it's like the the guy that I was talking about. He said that. It was real easy for him. And I'm like, what do you mean is real easy? He said, I made a friend. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying about us being a family. And I said, what do you mean you made a friend? He said, me and my buddy made a pack. He had my bell and I had his. 
It's like we was getting through that. Wow. And 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 that's how you know wow. that's that's wrestling. That's how you get through. That's the camaraderie and the bond that you know. Everybody that wrestles had their their workout partner. Through life, you will never give up on your workout partner. That's right. Because it's like you've been to war again. It's the I don't care what I have to do. That's my partner, you know. And it's the I don't care if it hair lips hell, you know. It's the the pup can come in on me and tell me I'm wrong, but it's like I'm helping my partner, and and it's the. And that, that's the way it is. And I mean, it's, I feel like the individual part of our sport is what grows us into the people we are. And, you know, whenever you have the team sports, you know, you have the football and the basketball and lacrosse or, you know, whatever it is that's, you always have somebody else to blame. And, and there's, there's so much just self-accountability in wrestling that you're allowed, you're allowed to grow as a person. You know, it's the, if you go out and you're able to blame somebody else for every problem that you've had in life, you're never going to grow. You're never going to get past any obstacle that you come up against. That you're always just going to be saying, hey, yep, there's the reason I can't succeed. Yeah. Over there it is, you know, it's like, well, that sucks too. And it's the, then you're going through life with a, with a freaking crutch and, and it's the, you're never going to be able to get out of it. You're, you're in that rut forever. Yeah. And it's the, I mean, and some of these kids is they had it tough. I mean, I had a kid tell me one time that he said he, he, he didn't come out his junior year. Mm we're at practice and I look around and I'm like, Hey, where's he at? And everybody's like, he's not wrestling. And I laughed. I'm like, I've had this kid since he's in the sixth grade. He's wrestling. You're not telling me that. So I go to his house. I blow my horn. And it's kind of like I'd said, I almost had him conditioned like Pavlov's box. That if I blew my horn two times, he had to come out with his bag and get in the car. But so I, I pulled into this driveway and I blew my horn. He came out and he got in the car and I pulled out and he's like, wait, where are we going? And I was like, we're going to the gym. And he's like, I'm not going to the gym. I said, like, yes, you are. It's like, we need to talk about this. And as we're driving up through there, he tells me, he's like, Tass, you just don't understand. And at the time I was probably 30 years old and I was thinking, Okay, kid, you tell me what I don't understand. I know, I know everything about the world. You know, I, I'm, I'm 30, you know. Yeah. And, and, I, and he looks at me and he says, well, it's like this. Whenever I come home in the evening, I don't have any clean clothes to change into. He said, not because I didn't do the laundry last night but because my brothers and sisters is all took the clothes that I did because they didn't have any plain clothes to, to wear either. He's like, and then I get out my chemistry book and I start to study. He said, and my mom comes by and she's like, what are you doing with your nose stuck in that book? 
said, you're letting all your good high school days pass you by. You can be out drinking and partying and having a good time with your friends. It's like, and you're wasting it here at the house in that book. And the more he talked, he was right. I didn't understand. I didn't know anything about that. The only thing I'd ever heard in my life was, Tass, you're capable of anything you set your mind to. You set your mind to it and nothing can stop you because you're capable. You just put your nose down and go. You work hard you, and you can get it. You can achieve what you work for. And that's what everybody should be hearing. That's, yeah. that's life. That's how you get out. That's how you, you make something of yourself. Sitting there trying to tell them that it's, it's like, accept where you're at. Don't push for any higher goals. Don't work for anything more. Now, and on the same end, the kid did keep wrestling and he did graduate from college and he's doing great with himself now. I mean, but, awesome. but it's, but that's what the sport's about. Yeah. You know, it's the, and it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. I mean, I've, I've got a great list of our accomplishments for on the mat success. You know, I think that I think we're at 42 all Americans, uh, Gabe Pfizer, just made it all American in D3 was the our first uh college all American. It's Coach Pfizer's son, by the way. Uh but it's it's great to see that stuff. I mean and yeah I mean I beam with pride whenever one of these things goes on. And and you'll laugh it's the I kind of show out at the state finals and what I've, I've told my kids is I'll wear something ridiculous if they've got the state tournament locked up before the finals. <laughs> but now if it's in doubt, I'm not going to be the guy that's standing over there looking ridiculous and, and get beat. It's the, yeah. So it's like, if they, if they take care of business, I, I'll do something. And, but, but it can, it's a, it's a good little game with the kids. Yeah. And it's the, so well, you know, this is exactly what I really wanted to talk to you about was the culture and how you get the buy-in. And so, you know, I, I, you know, that's, that's a really moving story about that, that young man with his difficult home life and the example that, you know, well, not just the example, but the direction he was getting from a parent that would be so counter to what you or I would have been raised with. I was raised with a similar mindset. Uh, that you can do anything you you know you need to work to be the best things will take care of themselves if you if you work to be the best um, and you know you look at a, a program like Grundy from the outside you know and I'm up here in northern Virginia and so you know I see all the successes and all the you know the reputation and all that and you think you know looking from the outside that that it, well, for, you know, first of all, you think, oh, it looks kind of easy. They got, you know, they're doing, they're just everything, just coming together for them so well, and uh, you know, but but one one thing that looks easy for, from the outside is it looks like everybody's fully bought in to to the culture with no challenges at all, and and of course that's not the way life is. You know, I'm sure any program that looks that way from the outside looks disciplined, looks tight. You know, you've got leadership that is that is having to to work to enforce that discipline which is 
which is what you're describing, it sounds like. Yeah, you, you, you'll always have your situations, you know, and, and it's the, and, and don't get me wrong. We, we have plenty of kids that have a great home life and come from good parents. And, and, and honestly, it's the, they have a different challenge. It's like typically, and here I go with this, but it's the, the kid that's got a tougher home life. He's tougher. I mean, he's harder nosed. It's the, I've got a kid on my team right now that, Three of the four years that he's been on varsity, his freshman year, he got hit by a truck, came back and placed in the state. His sophomore year, he had a compound fracture in his leg during football season, came back and placed in the state. His junior year, he didn't play football and won a state title when he didn't get hurt. And this year, during football, he tore his knee out. And he's back wrestling again. And it's the, it, there's something, when you start talking about our culture, it, part of it comes with our area. Uh, we're a hard-nosed coal mining society. Um, as coals went away, we've just had to tighten our belt and fight harder. And a lot of these guys, they work for everything that they get. And, and you know, whenever it, with some of them, it's changing their mindset. You know, it's the, you're having to teach them that they are capable of everything that they, they, want to that they want to accomplish and you know it's kind of like the saying with with some of the kids that come from a more affluent lifestyle it's you got to help them toughen up and grow up there i mean it's it's the there's there's going to be a time you know that you have to to have some grit about you you know, or you're just going to bend over and take it from whoever's giving it to you. And it's the, and that's, you can't have that in life. You know, you can't, if you're not fighting back, it's going to be a long road. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, and I see these kids and it's the, for us to get them bought in. And I, I'll say this, last year we had our, you know, as COVID was going on and everything, it, it starts to open back up. I'd probably had 50 messages from parents of children under fifth grade asking what they could do. When can they compete? Why are they not able to yeah. do anything? And what's wrong with the world that high school kids are getting to do it? Yeah. Why can't we do it? And it's the, so as we started to open up and in our first window i did our little league again and what we did is we had three teams we located them at, at different elementary schools and let them practice three days a week 
have a match on a, a tri match on Thursdays. You got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off, and it worked great. The when we finished the term at the end of the year, we had a county tournament. And when I say this, I tried. I'm in the retaining wrestlers business. I feel like sometimes as a wrestling society, we get into the trying to make a national champion out of a third grader business. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's pretty asinine, but that's, you know, I have a long-term goal and I don't have a, the goal of a, of a third grade national title. It's like, I'd like to see these kids wrestle in high school. Yeah. And through the years, what you normally see is if you see a kid that's got cauliflower ear in the third grade, he's not going to wrestle in high school. It's that he's already worked too, too damn hard to get to where he's at. That yes. whenever it comes time to take a step, he's like, screw that. You know how hard I've worked to be where I'm at? You said a step? I got to go harder? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I'm already putting in 100%. How much more can I put in? And, and, I just, you know, that's kind of a side note, and I probably shouldn't gouge because I, I mean, if I was just calling a spade a spade, I'd say it's the money racket of everybody trying to make money off of somebody wanting a national title. But I mean, I'll, I'll dance around that as best I can. But, uh, but what we ended up with is I, I split the divisions, truly. Girls wrestle girls, boys wrestle boys. I feel like that's something that should be done. I, I was always told that the reason that there's girls basketball and boys basketball is because there's too much physical contact. And I personally have a hard time telling my wrestlers to cross face that girl and, and bloody her mouth up whenever I know that it's wrong. And I'm not going to, teach my guys to be an abuser and I'm not going to, you know, I just, I don't, I don't like that angle of it, but I do understand that as the sport's continuing to grow, the, the ladies will have plenty of opportunity to wrestle other ladies that we, we're to the point now, I feel like that we can totally separate the sport and let it be the way it should be. And the other thing that I did, and you'll kind of laugh at me on this because it fits with today's society, is I only ordered gold medals. I didn't put them on a podium. Everybody knows whether or not they won or lost. Why do we have to put them on a podium and shame them? It's the take them in the back room, give them their medal, stand them against the wall, take their picture, and put it on Facebook. Everybody's happy. You know, and and at the end of the day, hand them all a T-shirt, and on the back of the T-shirt, says future state champion. I got more miles out of that future state champion T-shirt than what <laughs> you'd ever believe. Yeah. And and kids that come to our wrestling camp was like, hey, can I get one of those future state champion shirts? It's the and but but that's the the whole thing is it's the you try to get them hooked when they're young and you, if you catch with what I'm talking about here in our, in this small thing, 
what I've been able to do is get a program together that your parents, your grandparents, your cousins, any family that you have, your friends at school, everybody can come and watch you wrestle. That's an atmosphere. That's something that breeds success. That's something that everybody wants to be a part of. It's the, if you can get that type of an atmosphere, well, everything else will take care of itself. I mean, it's like if the little Johnny's grandma's asking him if he won state or not, and she's gonna make him a pie if he wins. It's the, I mean, I'll tell you my experience. It's like I cut from 220 my, my junior year to 171. Wow. And my grandmother, being a typical grandmother in the South, was like, my God, son, you don't need to be cutting all that weight. You need to eat. And I know you like banana pudding. So what I'm going to do is whenever you come back from one of your wrestling events, I'm going to have you a big old tray of banana pudding late night. And it was great. I mean, there was a layer of pudding, a layer of bananas, a layer of cookies, and a layer of Cold Whip, and then another layer of awful. And, but you come in, and, and that's, that's part of it. It's the, you have family support, but and then even the kids that have a tougher, less family support, they get the support through our family. Yeah. And it's the, and that's what I'm, I, that's what's hard to explain with any of it. You know, it's the, I, it's not always like this, but I'll, I'll give you a story a guy told me one time. And he was a, a good wrestler for us and, very successful and he says Tass you remember the first wrestling tournament I ever went on and I was like I've been on hundreds of wrestling tournaments you're trying to tell me specifically yeah. one to remember and he said well he said we went up to Ohio and and as soon as he started this but like I remember the trip because, and you'll get where I'm at. We wrestled in an amusement park in Ohio. So it's like, you know, we were wrestling outside in the eighties and nice temperatures. Me being a kid, I remembered that one. It really stuck out because in between matches, you got to go play in the amusement park. So, but he said, we got on the bus at the foot of the hill and he said, your mom got on the bus. He said, and, you know, this was probably 83, 84. You know, this was right after the wrestling club had got started. He said, your mom goes through the bus, and she handed each kid on the bus $20. He said, but she handed me 40 He said, I thought she made a mistake. And it got caught in there. He said, but it was the most money I'd ever seen in my life. I couldn't tell her. He said, we got on the bus and we rode to Richlands. And that was where the closest McDonald's was. It was 30 miles away. He said, we got off, as everybody was getting off the bus, I waited. 
He said, because I didn't want anybody to get that money from me. He said, I got my bag out. He said, I opened up my bag and I got that money and I stuck it down inside of a sock. He said, and I rolled that sock up and I stuck it down inside of another sock. And I took those two socks and I stuffed them down in one of my shoes. He said, and I rolled my shoe up in my pants and I stuck it way down in the bottom of my bag. I was going to make sure nobody, if they got to look, they weren't going to find my money in my bag. He said, and we got out to that tournament. He said, all I could think about that night is that I had to prove to them people that I was worthy of that money they'd give me. That they wasn't making a mistake with me. That I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna I'm gonna make something for him. He said that he went out, he wrestled his matches, and he said he was pinned and tech balled in every match that he wrestled. He said he finished up the tournament and he said he was sitting in the bleachers. He said one of the kids that had been on the bus with him had just came and had just got his gold medal and said that he was walking away. And he said that he went up to him and he asked him, he said, I really didn't think he would because this was the same guy that held him down and wiped snuff in his teeth on the way up. He said, but he asked him, he said, could I see your gold medal, please? And the guy said, sure. And he handed it to him and he said, to this day, he can still see that gold medal. He said it was in a plastic case. He said he opened it up. He said he held it in his hand. He looked at it on both sides. He said, and he just closed his eyes and he prayed, God, make me the best wrestler to ever come out of Grundy. And he'd go on with his story and I'd stop him and I'd say, you're leaving something out. And he said, what? I said, and he did. <laughs> but at his, his senior year, you know, they, they were talking to him after the region and they're like, you know, you've, you've got a, you've had a great wrestling career. You've signed, you've signed to go to college and what got you through the hard time? What was, you know, whenever things got tough and the, you didn't know if you really wanted to do it or not, what got you through? And he sat there for a minute and he said, well, I'll be honest with you. So they let me eat whatever I wanted. And they looked at him and they're like, what do you mean they let you eat whatever you wanted? This is wrestling and wrestling's known for these bad weight cut stories and weight cutting the, the scourge of the sport and you're telling me that you're as good as what you are and you never had to cut weight. He's like, no, I'm not saying I never had to cut weight. He said, there's times on the way to the event that I didn't get to eat what I wanted. So, but on the way home, I always got to eat what I wanted. And, and that was, that, that's part of it. You know, it's like sometimes you're going to have the kids that's got the tough home life. I mean, but, I'll tell you from my standpoint, it's the, if I'd grown up in Buchanan County and I wasn't wrestling and I was just the, the son of the guy in the, that done well in the coal business, it's the, there's, 
some serious social economic divides in that county. And my best friends didn't have the same social economic background that I did. And I was glad to be judged on who I was and not who my dad was. And it's the, you know, it's the people, you know, on one end, I can sit here and tell you great stories on kids with tough home lives. But on the same end, the kids that came in that was more affluent, that grew and got grit and got tougher, it's that they got just as much out of the program as the the kids that had it tough did. And it's that you see kids that, you know, it's life. I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on in the world. And, you know, we're going to see kids that they lose their parents. We're going to see kids that they, they, they come from a, a tough divorce or, or that they're great, that they had nothing wrong, that they never had an obstacle. And the thing is, those kids that have never had an obstacle, it's even harder on them than it is the kids with the tough home life. Because the kids with the tough home life, they know how to overcome obstacles. They're like, oh, I, I, oh yeah, I just got to strap it down and go kick their butt, you know? And it's the, and it's the other kids are like, oh no, that guy said something back to me. They told me at school, I'm not supposed to have confrontation. You know, it's the, you don't stand up for yourself. God forbid that. It's the, I, I mean, I have a real problem with some of this stuff in society, but I mean, I don't really want to, turn it into my soapbox but but i mean before kids are able to be men they have to develop something in their mind they have to grow from a victim mindset and to a controlling mindset that i am in control of my life and once they're empowered and they realize that they're in control of their life, the sky's the limit because it's, that's where, that's where I think a lot of the problem is across the board. I mean, they, we tell a lot of people that they're just not good enough, but now we'll find a way to make it that you're good enough. We're, we're going to go try to find something to help you out and make you good enough. Well, that's terrible. I mean, it's the, are you going to tell me that they can't go to school and they can't work and they can't get better than whatever it is that they're trying to do? It's like, don't tell me. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen kids come out of the, an area of the Appalachian Mountains that is notorious for not being educated and for not being willing to develop for not being accepting to people that's outside of the area. And it's all wrong stereotypes. And I mean, this is a little bit of my soapbox, but it's like, I really don't understand why it is that the Appalachian people are the only people in America that it's still okay to make fun of and ridicule over who they are and their background. But I mean, that's where society is right now. And it's the, Maybe one day we'll get our turn, but it's the, I would love to see a thing that 
whenever we go to college, people don't make fun of us because of the way we talk. I mean, my dad and the next, the year before my dad graduated at Tech, the year my dad graduated at Tech, and the year after my dad graduated at Tech, Grundy High School produced the number one mining engineering student out of Virginia Tech. Wow. Now, I would about bet, and this is just me, but if you look across the state of Virginia and you tell me what school was able to produce three number one mining engineering students out of the best engineering program in the state it's the mm-hmm. you probably say that's a really good school and that that area is a very good uh, intellectual group of people and one of those fellas that dad talked about or that dad went to school with he talked a lot slower than i do and he would always say well, I might talk mighty slow, but I think mighty fast. Yeah. And, and and that's just kind of the way things are. I mean, I I love to travel and I like to get out. And and honestly, it's the people in Las Vegas are the the least judging of anybody I've been around. It's the anywhere else I go, they want to know where I'm from. I will have that question asked to me 20 times. I'll go to Southern Mississippi and they'll say, how far South are you from? Lord God, you're a lot worse than us. But, and you know, we grin and ah, that's all right. You know, that's just who we are. That's where we're from. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I played some poker in my day and, I kind of like to take advantage of that part of it. It's the, I may sound a little bit more country than I already do when I'm sitting at the table, yeah. but it's the, you know, but it's one of those, if people want to judge it and try to make a stereotype and use that against you, then it's, well, I'll let you think I'm dumb if you want to think that I'm dumb, but I mean, we'll see how it goes. And, but, but I'm, I feel like that what we do is we do build that culture and we build it from the time they're young and it's the it's whenever everybody in the community sees them it's the hey you're a wrestler yeah i saw you saw your picture on facebook you guys did really good last week you know and it's like this weekend i mean we were at the virginia dolls uh our radio guy was broadcasting the people at the tournament was telling me that was the most exciting thing that they'd been around that he was that the people at the head table had gathered around him to listen to him broadcast as we were doing our comeback uh, against butler and it it came down we got a pin in overtime at 182 and had to pin out to to win the dual meet and, and I mean you you see what I'm saying and I mean it's just, yeah it's, that was a, yeah absolutely this is a really exciting time and but but it goes back to the same thing is it's like that's why we that's why we have the success because the there's kids listening at home 
that's right now saying, I wish to God I could have been there. If I could have just seen that, you know, one day I'm going to be in the Virginia duels and I'm going to wrestle Great Bridge and I'm going to get it done when it's my chance, right. you know, and it's the, and that's what it's all about. It's like, because what we have to do with the sport, you, and you'll get kind of where I'm going with this is it's the, we have to have enough goals that they feel like they're chasing goals. Yeah. And it's like the youth guys, and I don't want to sound mean, but what's wrong with a youth kid being undefeated? You know, he's in youth. I mean, it's like, okay, good job. Your first grade year, you didn't get beat. Yeah. You know, your third grade year, you didn't get beat. So what? You know, it's the let him enjoy it. Let him feel like a champion yeah. for a year. And set the hook so that whenever it gets hard up here in yeah. a couple of years and you have to really turn up the heat and, and they really have a grind, that – then you have them on board, you know, then the, in their mind, wrestling's fun. What, it's what something the, that I want to do. It's not something that I'm going to run from because it's hard. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting to me about this is when I was brand new as a coach, I talked to uh, Wade Chalice and he told, he told me all about, you know, his knowledge of helping design and set up the Grundy program and just, you know, and, and he gave me his, his version of things. And, and it was fascinating to hear his wisdom. And one of the things that he made so clear was that it is at the youth level, especially, it is all about fun. It's all about enjoyment. You know, maybe, you know, you, you have a select team, a travel team that is, you know, that, that is, is full of highly motivated and, and maybe certain exceptional talents, but overall, a lot of the focus is just on the enjoyment side of it. And it sounds yeah. and I'm hearing so many similar things. It sounds like that culture really was, was accurate. That is a very good description that Wade gave you because the, the first thing they did after they formed the club, and this will sound really crazy, is they took away the team score. Hmm. So in all of those youth programs, they're no longer competing for a team score. So what we do is you quit pairing up the weak against the strong. Mm. And you start saying, well, I want strong on strong. I want to see if, if my stud can beat your stud. <laughs> and, but at the end of the day, when they go back to school, they're still the stud at their school. So what you're doing is you're, and you'll kind of get where I'm at now because, you know, when I first say this stuff about the national level competition at youth, it sounds like, well, he's just a dumb hillbilly, <laughs> you know, and he's not going to want to, he don't want to get out small fish or big fish in a small pond. But what, what you see that we're doing is we're getting our, competi our competition in the county. And is there going to be somebody that's the winner? Sure there is. But we're going to keep pairing these kids that's close in athleticism and close in ability and close in the wrestling skills to where they keep, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know. And yeah. as they keep to growing up as wrestlers, they'll grow that way. And the other part of it is, is they get a tighter and tighter bond. 
and all of these guys have grown up together and they all get better together and then it's like they travel together and then it, you see you yeah. kind of start seeing this it's a it's a process of the community being a family and and it's the if somebody saw my kid doing something he shouldn't do they'll probably ridicule him first and tell me you know that it's yeah. not a it's that it takes a village to raise a child and we're a village you know and, and we still believe that way it's the we're this the and it's kind of funny but it's the there is some things in society that we just don't go along with and and there's things that that we do that we know it's it's not the way that people do it anymore but it's it's the right way to do things and i mean we we care about our kids we want their success as much as anything and and whenever it, it's kind of like i've said to, to other people it's until my son come along my wrestlers was my children and and it's and i didn't i didn't try to treat them any different it's like now after i had a child i found out that there's a big difference between being a coach and a, and a dad but it was the you know well i was just the, the coach I, I didn't think there was any change at all i was like well i just take him home with me that's all the thing's gonna be different it's, yeah. but but on the same end and, and this is kind of funny I'll, I'll tell you this this is a good one is as i'm coaching you know i i got into the grind you know it's the i'm gonna be the the guy I, yeah i'm the next dan gable and i'm starting being a middle school coach and it's the and i was gonna get everything out of them and i'm gonna make sure that i've got it and this is kind of funny but you'll get me and then the first group of kids that had a slight mishap they there was an older kid that had went to a party and he took some of the younger kids with him and it was the ones that i liked and it really just about broke me as a coach because I was putting so much in at the time. What I was thinking was if I go 110%, I'll look around and we're going to be the best team in the country because I'm going 110%. And after I'd found out what happened, I went to, and I busted up the party, took the kids home, jumped onto the ones that had been in trouble that, needed it and then I went back and I talked to coach Pfizer and I went into his apartment and I'll just be honest with you I broke down and I told him I was like I just don't see that I'm doing anything it, it's, it's like it's not it's not having any effect that I'm working hard I'm doing all this and hell there they are they just went out and got drunk this week and he laughed at me and he said Taz he said you know how old they are and I grinned it's like yeah but he's like well you know what you was doing when you was that age yeah but but I, I don't want them he's, 
Tess, what do you want to do? Lock them in the gym and slide food under the door to them? <laughs> and, and when he said that, I said, that sounds like a good idea. And then I started thinking about running an orphanage. And I was like, no, no, I can't go that far. But it's the, but, but you gotta see where yeah. I'm at, you know? And it's, but it's the same thing is it's like, kids are gonna be kids and they're gonna mess up whenever they mess up. We don't know what their mess up is. I guarantee you every adult messed up and messed up a lot and through the, <laughs> and through the growth of coming from being an, a child and getting out from under your parents a little bit and into being ready to go into the real world, they should screw up a lot. And if they don't, well, God bless them. I mean, they're better than the rest of us. It's the, but I mean, I just, it's part of the whole process. And it's the, and I, it's, it's kind of like what you were saying with Wade and that, you know, it's the, what we try to do, we want the kids to have fun. We got to have it ingrained in their mind by the time that they get to the hard times that it's fun. And I mean, I, I told a story on the radio the other day about, and this is kind of the same thing that we're talking about. In it was around 1990. It was the it was the first year that I was coaching, helping coach little league. But I was still in high school. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll use our varsity wrestlers to help with our youth programs, and and that helps too because it, they see their heroes there with. Them. And I was there, and we had a kid that was wrestling for us, that was a seventh grader, that he went on to be a two-time state champ. He got third in the state as a freshman. I mean, he's a really good wrestler. And we're pairing up against the, another local team. And the, the little league coach at the time, Dale Cox, was talking to him, and he says, they tell him, they're like, well, we've got this kid. He's in the seventh grade. He weighs 150 pounds. He's about four foot eight. He's wrestled for us for three years and he's never won a match. And the way that they used to say that is he's a first year wrestler with three years experience. Well, this little boy didn't have everything to work with that everybody else does. And, you know, during those times, there was no mercy. You know, it was the kill or be killed. And they'll talk to our kid and says, listen, you're going to do something good tonight. And he said, who do I got? You know, and he says, well, you're not going to win. And he said, what do you mean? It's like, who, who are they bringing out? Like, who's this guy that's going to beat? And he told him the situation. There was only three people in the room that knew what was going on that night. But they go out 
and they shake hands. When the kid got to the match, he goes to the wall and looks and he sees who he's got to wrestle because, you know, they, they, they post the matches on the wall on a sheet. Comes down and then all his buddies is like, oh, you got him. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're a dead man. Dead man walking right there. You know, he's crying. It's like, oh, God, I've got him. It's the, well, they go out to wrestle. And they shake hands. They blow the whistle, and he's so scared he don't move. You know, our, the the guys, our guy's standing there waiting on him to get him. He's like, just get me. I'm going to fall down. He's so afraid he won't get him. Our guy grabs him by the wrists, pulls his hands to his knees, like towards his knees, falls on his back and pulls him on top of it. <laughs> it's the, the, the ref slaps the mat. Yeah. The kid gets up and he's jumping around the mat. Looks like the Toyota commercial from the old days. Yeah. I mean, everybody's cheering and crying. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> that's and beautiful. But but that's what it's about. Like that's what it, and that's what our, that's what we use our youth for. Good things, you know. It's the is little Johnny going to get a good match? Well, is he any good? You know, it's like. Does, well, what about little Johnny that, that don't never win a match? I'll try to find him one. We'll look for him a win, you know. Now, for what I'm talking about, we don't normally pull that. Sure. You know, give him, to give somebody a win. Sure. But now, in, in, in a special circumstance, you know, it's like things things have to happen. But it's the, those kids are able to grow so much better. And it's it's kind of the, you know, what do you want in your practice run? Well, you want one guy that's going to beat you to death. You want one guy that you're about even with, and then you want one guy that you can beat to death. And then that way you can grow for whatever you want to grow for. You know, it's that you're getting your, you're beaten by the, the guy you're needing it from. You've got somebody you're in a close match with on the other times. And then whenever you're having a bad day, you got somebody you can go get some points where you need to get better. Yeah. And, and it's kind of the same mindset, but using it over the whole program. And it's, we have, you know, I can't sit here and say we've got the something that is turning out NCAA champions every year. But I can tell you what, we've got a heck of a program that's turning out good people that's making, that that is involved in the product, in the, in making those people better people and and it's the that's what that's what we're proud of you know i mean it's the you'll see these kids i mean whenever you see a kid that's had a tough home life and then 10 years later you see his wife and his kids and you see him making a good life out of everything and it's like hey coach i really appreciate you spending that extra time with me and it's like all we did was open a door, son. It's like you just went through it. And it's the oh no, coach. Yeah. It's like you put extra time into me and I wouldn't be here. You know, and I mean that that's the things that it's you know, you tear up and you're like, hey, it was a little bit of extra time. <laughs> it was, yeah. But it's but it was all worth it. And it's the and you know, I I feel like it, you know, and here I go on my 
the grand scheme of things, but it's the, I feel like the, the years that we were double A, that we were fighting against Christiansburg, the, you know, our yeah. seven runner ups, it's the, I think we needed that. It's like, we needed it to be humble. I mean, it's like, don't, it's kind of like my dad said, he said, you know, in, in 99, the, the first year that we didn't win uh, a state title since 87, he says, son, it's going to be bad this year. And I was like, well, what do you mean, dad? He said, well, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not sure that Jesus and a band of his angels could, could coach this team into winning a state title this year. <laughs> and I said, well, we're young. And he said, and it's going, it's going to be a little bit rough on the people. And I said, what do you mean? He said, son, you don't understand. I said, what? He said, the Celtics won three titles in 10 years. And everybody called them a dynasty. He said, what are you? He said, our fans are so spoiled that there's no telling what's going to happen when we don't win. And, and those, those years that, that they were bringing those kids in, I mean, it was humbling, but it was good for us. And I mean, we had some really good kids during those years too. And those kids have gone on to be good people. And it's the, you know, it's the, the purpose of our club is long-term life development, you know, and it, it's kind of like, and I'll go back to the, the story I was saying about the talking with the football coaches. And it's the, when I'm, I'm done with the conversation. They're like, so what you're telling me is it's just a boys club up there. They're not even working out. And it's like, right. It's the, we are the, we're the refuge. When life kicks you in the nuts, you know where you show up? The wrestling gym. And that don't matter if you're in high school, if you're in college, if you're in life. It's like they still come back because that's where they go when life gets tough. They'll come in, they'll get a good workout in, they'll wrestle with the guys in the room, and we may sit over in the corner and have a little talk. And it's the, but whenever it's over with, it's, they've, they come up there and they've healed and they start to grow back to, because they found that that's where they go, you know, and it's the, to me, that's, that's life. I mean, that's, it's, hey, you guys gave back to me. I'm going to come back up here and get back to you. I mean, there's, there's been years that we'd have seven or eight kids that's working out with us that we might as well have a junior college team in the room as training partners. I mean, we'll have these kids that they're former state champions and they're coming in there and they're wrestling as much as they can. You know, it's the, there's, there's a guy right now. It's like, he comes in, he's like, Hey, I got, I'm, I'm working right now. But I'll try to get in by five, 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 fifteen, and if I can get in there by five, fifteen, I'll wrestle live with them while they go live, you know. And it's the, and and that's the whole thing, though. I mean, and it's it's they're still trying to give back. They're still wanting to do a little bit more. 
and it's the and and we've still got guys that's coaching that's you know they came through the program their kids come through the program i mean we're getting second generation kids through and and it's a you know it's it's part of the life work you know i mean it's it's kind of like what i was saying with the the longevity of our program you know it's most you know most people get serious for four years and and if you and maybe they got eight you know they had two kids you know but it's the but once their kids have have finished the run it's the that's that's about the end of the interest and and it's kind of like something that dad said uh you know I, i like to quote him you can tell but uh he was being interviewed by the roanoke times and the reporter came down and this was early nineties and the guy was kind of inflating us a little bit. Uh, he wanted to make it like dad was flying in and out in the helicopters everywhere that we went. And now there had been a time that he had rode in a helicopter, but you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> and, but as, as he finishes up, talking to him he looks at dad and he says well mr robertson he said i see that you have an interest in the success of the grandy wrestling club and dad looked at him and he said no sir i don't have an interest in the success of the grandy wrestling club he said i'm committed to the success of the grandy wrestling club he said do you know the difference and the guy just kind of looked at him like well what do you mean and he said well, it's like this. You get up in the morning and you have bacon and eggs for breakfast. So that chicken has an interest in your breakfast. He said, but the pig's committed. And there's a lot of truth in what he said there. Yeah. Because it's, he didn't want him to just go win on the mat. That's an interest. <laughs> You know, that's, it's, it's great to have your hand raised. I mean, I personally, that feeling is about as good as you, (laughs) you know, but it's not what it's about. You know, it's, it goes back to, that's how you're setting the hook. You know, that's, that's, that's the bait. And. And the lot, you know, the real thing is, is what are they going to do in life? You know, because as I'm getting older, I try to look and say, you know, it's like anybody else. It's like, what's the meaning of life? You know, I, I believe in God. I believe the, the creator and the, you know, I'm a Christian man, but on the same end, it's like, is that the only meaning in life? You know, what is it? You know, what makes life successful? What makes you a winner in life? And it's not how much money you make. It's not how big your house is. It's not, you know, what you can accumulate. Those things are nice and it makes things, it makes life, life easier, but that's not what life's about. What life's about is being a good dad, being a good husband, like 
being the family person that you wanted as a child in your life. You know, it's the making the, the right choices, helping your kids be who they need to be. You know, it's the positive guidance and leadership that that you want to see. You know, I mean, it's 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 kind of cliche, but it's the be the hero you've been wanting. You know, it's the I, I was, it kind of hit me one day out of the blue is listening to an old song holding out for a hero. You know, and then it's like you kind of get to the spot and it's like, you know what? We've all kind of been holding out for a hero and time to grow up here and be the hero yourself. You know, it's the, if you sit around waiting on somebody else to fix it for you, it ain't never going to get fixed. And, and the, and that's what wrestling teaches you. And that's what, that's how you're going to be your success in life. And it's like, you follow the whole path and it's the, I mean, I think that's, that's wrestling folks, you know, I mean, that's, and that's life and that's what it takes to, to be the best, whether you're going to be the best in wrestling or you're going to be the best teacher you can be, or you're going to be the best lawyer you can be, or the best businessman or the best coal miner or the best military person or whatever it is that you chose that you're going to be is that pick it and go be the best at it that you can be, put your work into it, and, and, and be a success. You know, succeed in life. Keep chasing your dreams. Don't let somebody tell you no. Don't, you know, how many times they tell you you couldn't win state? How many times did they tell you that you couldn't beat that guy over there that was supposed to be so damn tough? How many times did they tell you that that guy that was nationally ranked was going to clean your clock whenever you were out there in the finals mm-hmm. and you made a good match out of it, took him to overtime, he may have won. But you know what? You learned something. You learned what it took, and you didn't take a back seat, and you put it out there on the line, and, and that's life. You know, that's what it takes to be the best at whatever it takes. And it's the, was you afraid? Maybe for a little bit didn't stop me from doing it though you know it's the was it hard yeah it was hard did I did I have to do more you know did I have to move past that first 50 percent oh yeah that 50 percent wasn't even touching it it's like what about that 75 it was more than the 75 too I didn't want to tell you but yeah it, it's going to take more than the 75 it's like for this one I'm asking for 90 it's like put in your 90, you put in your 90 and you're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to, it's, that's whenever you're like, okay, I know that I'm an hour away. I know that practice is just finishing up, but if I bust it, I can get over there and make it in time for the other kids game. It's like, what did it matter? You could have missed that game. You could have. But don't you want to be the best? You know, is the it's well. What about that game just finished up, and it's another hour to the other kids' game? And if I really hurry, I could do it. But I really don't want to do that. Why? You don't want to be a dad. 
You don't want to love your children. You don't want to, it's like, here's your opportunity to be the best. You know, it's go do it. It's the, hey, here's a vacation. You know, can you, can you get your time away? It's like, as a wrestling coach, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'd love to pull double duty and say, hey, let's make a vacation or, or a wrestling tournament into a vacation. It's like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to rob Peter and pay Paul. It's like, and don't rob your family to try to cover your extracurriculars. <laughs> it's, like, it's life. And it's like, there's time to do it all. And it's just enjoy it. Get the most out of it you can. Find the successes you can get and chase them like they're nobody's business. It's like, you know, you shoot for the moon, the worst you're gonna do is end up in the stars. It's the, you'll look around and it's like, man, you know what? We didn't go out there this weekend and win the Virginia Dolls. But that little team with 353 students went out there and beat the number 3618, a top 10 big school out of PA, and, and was knocking on the door of getting great rich. And, you know, that's what it's about. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not always about being the best. It's about putting it out there and being willing to put it out there. Because when you look around after you've done it, it's everybody in the place is talking about you. It's like, my God, yeah. you all don't even have 400 students. And it's like, yeah, but we're, we're working on this. If we didn't have our state champion out this weekend, I think we could have beat them. <laughs> They're like, you had somebody out too. It's like, <laughs> and, and that, but that's the whole thing. And I mean, it's, it's, I think that as coaches, all we are is motivators. You know, it's, we're getting to the spot and this sounds terrible, but it's, you're getting to the spot that you can about get whatever technique you need from the internet. You can have, you know, pull it up, watch blow. You know, they'll have Kel Sanderson come out and teach you technique. I mean, yeah. if, if you can't learn it from the best, then I don't know who you're going to learn. Well, j just look at this podcast here where it's, you know, it's like I'm up here in Arlington, Virginia, and, you know, as far northern Virginia as you can get. And, uh, and, I, and I'm getting to learn from the great Tass Robertson about what made, you know, Grund what's made Grundy such a legendary program. You're, you're right. All of this is available. And, and even if I wasn't doing this, there's information everywhere that can feed the program. And, and you can, and, and they can get it now. You know, so it's not like the 80s that it's, hey, we've got to go find the guru that's going to teach us because, you know, and, and I'll give you a great example. It's like whenever Grundy won their first state title in 78, and this is no joke, they had two coaches who had never, or well, the coach was a football coach. The guys who'd been there before had never wrestled in their life and was teaching wrestling out of a book that the Navy had put out that was how to wrestle. It would have moves in it that you could flip through. And the kids would talk about how difficult it was to figure out how to go from one picture to the next. 
you know, that it's like, yeah. well, they're showing this switch here and the guy's on bottom and then the next thing you know, he's on top. It's like, how does that happen? Yeah. But, but nowadays, you know, you have that access. And so really what we've, we've got to be doing as, as coaches and is being motivators. And it's like, we, you know, not this is going a little bit of a tangent, but it's the, we can't put up with the kids that's being shitheads. You know, it's the, we're going to get that out of. And if we catch them being like that, then we're going to run them till they puke. It's the, I mean, that's, it's welcome to the real world. Yeah, you know, it's welcome the, to wrestling. <laughs> when, well, when everything, when you did something bad, there's a consequence for your action. I mean, I, this is a, another great one, but it's the, one of the kids I was working with, he had some discipline problems and he was young and, I'd give him the lecture and told him I wasn't putting up with it anymore. And, you know, but whenever, if he gets it together, we'd make a good wrestler out of him. And he'd done really well. Like he started, he'd really tried to turn it around. And he comes to me one day and he says, Tass, I'm sorry, but I got in a fight at school today. He said, it's the same guy I've been fighting all year. The guy comes up to me and he started shoving me in the back and, and I had to fight. And I said, well, I understand. I said, and if somebody came up to me at school and started shoving me in the back like that, I'd have fought with them too. Well, that evening we come to the wrestling gym and we finish up, you know, he went through practice and we finish up practice and he's on the way out. And I was like, come back over here a minute. And he said, what is it? And I was like, well, you've got some sprints you need to run. And he said, well, what do I got to run sprints for? I said, because you got in a fight at school today. And he said, but you said you'd do the same thing. I said, yeah, and I didn't need to run sprints for it too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, that's part of what we're doing. You know, right. we, we've got to, on one end, you have to be hard enough on them that they realize that the discipline is what's gonna get them through. You know, it's, you hear people say, you know, trust the process, you know, it's the, and that's, it's true. You know, it's that there's gonna be times that you're in there and you're in the grind and it's like that day, you just couldn't take down anybody. I mean, it's the, you beat that guy every day of your life. And, and it's like, and you just got done wrestling a tough one and, and then you went with him and he took you down. And that day, you didn't get a takedown all freaking day because you wrestled the tough guy that was beating you. You wrestled the guy that you was close with, and then whenever you went down to get the, your easy points, he got you. Now you're going to have to recover. What are you doing mentally from that? You know, and it's the, we try to talk to them and we'll say, look, every day that you come in here, if you just get a little bit better, I'm not asking you to go be the world beater. Just get a little bit better each day. At the end of the year, how much better are you? You're not even the same wrestler. That's right. Because you got better every day. And it's the same thing with life. It's like, what are you doing? And it's, are you, are you working at being better? You know, it's like, are you working at being better? Are you working at being the same? Or are you working at being worse? Because there's times that we're working at being worse that we should be working at being the same or better. And it's the and whenever you're in those worst days, 
you're going to have to figure out what it is you've got to do to change that back to where you were at. And, and it's a process and it's the, and it, it's kind of like what I'm saying here, you know, it's the, once you go back and you figure out what matters to you in life, you start setting your goals. You start chasing your goals to, to meet those goals of the things that matter. You know, it's Matthew McConaughey has a great uh, thing on YouTube that he did where he's talking about the different things in life that you're, you're having to, to watch, you know, that you've got your religious side, you've got your family side. You've got your business side. You've got, and, and all of these things matters. And all these things that you have to manage it just right. Or something's gonna happen. It's like if you're if you're too caught up in your friendships, your spiritual side's probably gonna be missing. If you get too caught up in, in your business and, and successful in life, you probably should, you know, you're not doing what you should with your home life. And the there's a perfect scenario of every of a way to get everything in. And it really comes from time management, effort, mm -hmm. setting goals, preparing and planning. And it's the same stuff that we've talked about with wrestling all the way through. It's like, well, wait a minute. That, that sounds like you tried to get better. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, when you first started wrestling, did you say, I'm going to I'm going to come practice one day a week. And it's like, no, that ain't enough. The guy that was beating you was doing more than that. It's the, so what do you got to do? Well, you got to do at least more than the guy you're wanting to beat. <laughs> I mean, it's the, let's be real here. Right. And it's the, so half-assing it ain't getting nothing done. You got to use your whole ass. And it's the, and there's going to be a time that that's the difference. It's the difference between winning and losing. It's the difference between success and not success. It's going to be the difference between. Sorry. Here we go. It's going to be the difference between getting the job that you want and not getting the job that you want. It's the, did you work on that resume? Did you do something extra to get it on there? And, and this is going to be kind of scary on a lot of people. And, and it may end up being the difference between heaven and hell. It's the, you got to watch what you're doing here. It's like the life we live out here, it's, it's your life. And you're in control of your life. And what you do with your life is on you. And now, do we all start in the same place? No. That is, and that is not fair in the world. And I will say that. But that don't change anything. That's right. And if you want to be successful, you got to find a way. And it's the, I truly believe that we are all created equally. We're not all created the same. We're created equally. Yeah. And in that, I think of it kind of like a video game. You've got some people that's got more intellectual skills. You've got some people that's got more athletic skills. 
and you've got some people that's got a, a, a medium dose of both. And but at the end of the day, if you tallied up all your attributes over there, everybody's got the same number of attributes. And everybody can be successful and everybody can do what they want to do. And it's like they just it's kind of like I'd said in the beginning, it's like you just gotta set your mind to it and set your goals to it and adjust your life accordingly, you know, and it's the whenever you get that kind of mindset, you you become empowered. And it's the that you are capable of doing what you want to do. And I mean, I've I've seen kids that come through that that have drug problems and recover and go on to have a great life. And it's the that people would tell them, no, you can't. Just give up. Mm. You know, it's no, it, it ain't about that. And it's like with us, I mean, there's some of the guys that's on our coaching staff that's law enforcement. There's some of them that's had to go and arrest people that had been with us before. Wow. But in the end, what what happens? They get arrested. They get lectured and talked to the the, the whole way going in. It's like when they get out, we're there to talk to them, and we still accept them, and we want them to do better. And we and we're still their fan. We're still support supportive of them. It's the wow. you don't turn your back on people because they they have a tough spot in life, and yeah. and it's the and as life moves on, it's like they may be able to get to get it back under control. It's the there's a lot of stuff out there that that's that can derail people. And when they get derailed, they need support too. Right. And and you know, to to the the way that society is with trying to treat people like they're social pariahs because they have a, a problem is is just wrong in itself. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying with our with us being a family. Is it's the you don't turn your back on your family. And, and that's, that's who we are. And it's the people wonder why we've been successful. It's because we're a family. It's like, we're not a wrestling team. It's the, I like, you know, I'll sell it as we're a wrestling team. I'll tell everybody we're a team. We'll go compete against other teams. They don't know. It's the, if one of my boys get hurt, I'm going to cry. Because it hurts me emotionally because I care about them. It's the, when the kid got hurt during football season this year, it reached my guts out. I mean, it's, and I'm sitting there going, I know he's going to try to come back because he's got balls as big as church bells. I mean, it's like he ain't, that's who he is. And it's the, and, and part of me, and I'll just be honest with you, is emotional not wanting him to even do it it's because yeah. the daddy the daddy I that feeling yeah because i care about the kid it's the yeah i mean yeah it's not all about winning it's all you know it's it, you know you 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 know and that that makes you have to really think hard sometimes and, about what well, you're gonna make and, and it and it's but it but that's the, the the thing with all the kids you know it's the you have to if you don't have that kind of a connect and I, you know i'm gonna just be real it's like we can sit here and say connection but it's love yeah it's like if you don't really love your wrestlers like you like you should then you're not gonna 
do that stuff. Yeah. It's the it don't bother you to go over there and scream and yell in his face and make him feel like trash and then tell him he's a loser for the rest of his life and then push him off to the side. Yeah. But, but whenever you care, you're going to go talk to him and try to get his legs back under him because you know that he's going to get back out in life in the next two weeks. Yeah. And that the state tournament may be over, but he's got to go live. Yeah. You know, you're not going to try to break somebody for the rest of their life because you didn't get your way. Yeah. It's the, you're trying to make somebody out of something. You know, it's the, hey, son, I, I, I really hate that you got beat back. That sucks. But let's get up and try to get it again. Or I love you. I, it's been a great career. And, you know, crap happens sometimes. But we're here for it. You know, and I don't look at you any different now than I did 15 minutes ago before that match. I care just as much for you now as I did before. And I want you to succeed just as much as I did before. And it's the, that's the, I, I really feel like that's what gets lost in the whole, yeah. in the sport of wrestling outside of us, you know, is it's the, it turns into, everything becomes about winning and losing yeah and don't get me wrong it's that it, i told a kid this year we had a kid he's a first year kid he's getting ready to go wrestle his first match and you know that don't happen a whole lot with us you know having a, a kid in high school that it's his first match and he's and he's over here and he's wringing his hands together and i mean he's but he was nervous i mean you could yeah. just see it all over and he told a couple of the kids he's like hey i'm nervous and I said, look, don't worry about it. I said, we don't care if you win or lose. And the look on his face was astonishing. You know, he's like, what? You don't care if we win? I said, no, I don't care if you win or lose. I really don't. I said, but I want you to try hard. I said, I don't care what happens as long as you try hard. And if you try hard, I'm going to be happy no matter what. And he looked at me and had this feel, this look of relief on his face. And he said, you don't know how much better that makes me feel. Uh -huh. And, but that's, you think about our sport and how we do that to kids across the board. And it's that it, if you're not winning, you're wrong. You're the, you're the, the drag on the team. You're the wrong, you know, you're, you're just not what we want on our team. We, we, we put you out beside the road, but we got to have somebody in your weight class. So we'll keep you for now, but I'm going to chew you again the next chance I get. And it's the, there's a time for a chewing. And I'm not trying to say that we need to be soft on everybody and pat them on the back every time that they lose. But there's, there's a lot in our society that it's the, and I don't want to point at any particular college programs, but there, there are certain programs that it's all work and no play. And that trickles down into high school programs, and then that trickles down into youth programs. And then the next thing you know, the sport of wrestling is all work and no play. And that's really difficult because we got a tough damn sport. And it's the, if you want, if you want people to do it, and you want to grow the sport and you want to have enough kids to fill up your lineup, you're going to have to figure out a way that 
they embrace tough, that they embrace hard work, that they embrace the fact that there will be a wrestle-off and that the toughest man will get the spot. It's that there's a lot of these things that nothing that I just said is happy in today's society. Like they, you'll get, you'll go to some schools and they'll try to straight up tell you you're wrong for having competition. Competition. What are you thinking? Ben Franklin was wrong. Competition is not the spice of life. <laughs> it's, it's a, that just causes division. It's like causes division. Hell, that's the only way we're gonna settle anything. <laughs> But, but you see what I'm saying, and and I I think that that's 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 about the best I can give you. You know, it's the that's who we are, and uh, that's all we can be is we we got to be the we got to be the leaders, we got to be the people that's going to provide a little bit of guidance, but we got to also remember it's not about us, and it's their lives, and that we're trying to guide their lives in the right direction. I mean, it's, we're not the captain of the ship. We're one sail. And all we got to do is we got to hope that our sail's up there and it's big enough and that we can talk to them and we can get them through while they're guiding their ship. Because in the end, we can't make their choices for them. And it's, it's kind of like the story I'd said in the beginning with the, with the younger kids. It's that if we can make their choices for them, we do things a lot different but then they'd never grow as kids either, you know? And then it's like, then, Lord God, I don't know what we'd have if you, when you pull back the curtain at that point. And, but the best thing is seeing these kids grow from young, immature kids to being more mature, young adults ready to go into college and, and the workforce. And then seeing them, as it comes back and seeing their life as it goes on. And I mean, that's, and, and there's, there's no better compliment than having them come back and say, Hey, I want y'all to coach my son. You know, it's the, I, I, I know you all are going to do a good job because you did a good job with me. And well, on that, on that note, I want to thank you Tass for coming on the show. And I hope you'll come back on back points in the future. You've, done an amazing job of course in your with your program and now you really shared some great insights i know that wrestlers around the country are going to benefit from listening to this and uh i just want to thank you for uh for joining us today well i appreciate you giving me the opportunity and i mean i i, I like to promote grundy any chance i can you know i mean i me personally i mean i it's my hometown, but I mean, I think it's the best place in the country. I mean, it's great. We, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of uh, places. And I'll, I'll say this to the wrestling community that wrestling comes first. And uh, it, it, it's, it's took a long time to get to that spot, but yeah. it, it's good. Yeah. And, and, but, but I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to come on and, and to, to talk a little bit and, and hopefully, you know, it, it, it helps people understand where we're at and, you know, yeah. what, what the, the, the avenues we've took to, to, to reach our successes. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening to Backpoints today. If you want to support the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you find the show. Also, it helps us if you give the show a rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Feel free to also make a donation via Patreon at patreon.com backpoints. Thanks and see you next episode.